Guys, we're going to have a great episode today. Before we get into that, I want to thank you guys, the listeners, for all the support that you get. I want to remind you that you can reach out to me on Instagram. If you don't follow, follow it at jscottoutdoors. Uh, feel free to send me a DM. I love uh, corresponding with you guys about your hunts and any questions that you might have. Uh, we're going to have a great episode. I also want to thank uh, the sponsors of this podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com. Cody Nelson, my friend of 20 plus years, he's the glassing guru, the optics authority. He's the ma optics manager over there at GoHunt.com at the gear shop. Uh, you can reach out directly uh, for info or for sales at 702-847-8747. You can also email him at optics at GoHunt.com. He also uh, gets texts from uh, my listeners at, on his cell phone, 602-399-3699. Feel free to send him a text if you're looking for a certain tripod or binocular or spotting scope or rifle scope, anything to do with optics. Uh, give Cody Nelson a call or a text. I want to thank GoHunt.com also and remind you guys that the GoHunt maps, the mobile app, um, mapping apps, are now available on iTunes and Android. Uh, they have real 3D. Um, it's awesome, awesome 3D mapping on these mobile apps. Uh, you can get a free trial, a seven-day free trial, by going to gohunt.com forward slash jscott. You can also check in the show notes. I'll have it linked up. You get a seven-day free trial. That gives you access to everything in the Insider as well as uh, let you look at the, the mapping apps uh, both on the desktop and on your phone. Uh, you can also sign up uh, by going to GoHunt.com and just use J. Scott, and that's going to save you $50. Uh, you're actually going to get a GoHunt gift card, $50 GoHunt gift card when you sign up. So go check it out. also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That's the gear that I wear on all of my hunts. Go to KUIUKUYU.com. Uh, to order the gear right there that are direct-to-consumer model. Uh, so that's the only place you can get the gear, as well as phonescope.com. Use the jscott21 promo code, and you're going to get a 10% discount. Uh, guys, let's get right to this episode. And again, thanks for listening. Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today, I've got Tim Winslow of Arizona Trophy Outfitters on the line. Tim, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Jay. It's been an awesome, awesome rainfall year. Yeah, the last time we talked, uh, it was uh, prior to the rains, I believe, in um, late spring, early summer, and you had you were headed to Alaska later or later that in a month or two, and then yeah. you, you've already gotten back from that and and conducted some cooster hunts already. Oh yeah, definitely. I was. Uh, I was hunting doll sheep and brown bears and moose all the while paying attention to the rainfall uh, every single day. And I had multiple buddies. Uh, I have a buddy named Eddie from Piranha Bowstrings, and he was sending me updated texts uh, via my satellite inReach in Alaska, letting me know the rainfall that was happening down in southern Arizona. So, yeah, it's been awesome. It's been an awesome rainfall year. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how your alaska trips went and then we'll dive into um the arizona stuff yeah so um you know august and september are, are really really just all about doll sheep hunting and moose hunting and grizzly hunting for me and uh it was really really cool i mean i had a i had a, another couple grizzly and brown bear bow hunters that were just amazing 
had an awesome time. Um, we ended up shooting a, a really nice grizzly at like 18 yards with a guy, um, a, you know, a 65 year old guy. And it was just a, a, a pretty mountainous hunt. I mean, anytime you pick up a bow, you know, you've got to be ready and be physical and be able to go on stock after stock. And, uh, you know, guys that come out ready and prepared to hunt Alaska, they really get their money's worth because we don't pull any punches. When we see bears a long ways away, we'll go for it if you can do it. And, uh, so yeah, we made it happen on a really nice grizzly and, um, you know, moose was just, we really lucked out up there with the weather. We had just awesome cold weather. You know, when you're moose hunting, you really want it to be cold and dry and get those moose really into the rut and, uh, had just an awesome time up there hunting moose. The bulls were very responsive and angry and coming in and, um, and yeah, it was, it was just an all around good season. We ended up uh, finishing with a, a big brown bear um, at point blank again. It was another 18-yard shot, I think. And uh, it was uh, – man, those bears go down so quick when you hit them good. It's, it's absolutely – it amazes me when you shoot a bear with a four sixteen uh, rifle and they go running off and then you shoot them with a, you know, a 7 8 inch diameter fixed blade broadhead and they go down in 30 yards. It's just – it's phenomenal. When you hit them right – they are just like every other animal. Um, and so, yeah, we had a, uh, just an overall good season, Jay. Um, and I prefer, you know, I kind of take a lot of the bow hunters because it's a, it's a high risk, high reward type situation. Um, you know, with bears, you kind of got to be ready for anything and you got to be clear hot most of the time. And, um, and I know most of my bow hunters under no circumstances do they want a gunshot going off unless they're, you know, getting gnawed on and I'm comfortable <laughs> with that too. So, so yeah, so I did have to use my gun, which is always a good thing. So that's awesome. How about the doll sheep? You know, the doll sheep is a funny story, Jay. I uh, I took the opportunity. I had a client um, reschedule on me, and I took the opportunity to go on my own doll sheep hunt. And um, I had a guide. Uh, 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 he's actually a, a client of mine, and, and he also is an Alaskan guide. He came up and guided me because I'm a non-resident, even though I'm an outfitter. Um, I still legally have to have a guide, so I got my guide up there with me and i just i pretty much spent six days walking around the clouds we had uh we had basically the cloud level stayed at 3500 feet for like a month and a half so i had six days of in the clouds and you know it, it was a really really good time um i don't regret it at all and it definitely put me in the mindset of other people that go up and spend that kind of money that you have to and hunt doll sheep and um you know it's, it sheep hunting is such a touchy weather animal you know you can you can really grind it out when you're hunting bears and moose and low country and if it's raining and blowing 50 it's okay you're gonna still hunt man when you can't see anything and i know you've been doll sheep hunting and i don't know if you've gotten into some weather jay but when you can't see you know 60 yards there's really nothing you can do but drink coffee and take naps it plays you know? with your head for sure um you, you just keep waiting for a break and you know, just where you can see. And it's funny, if you get a little break where you can see, you know, 200 yards, you think it's cleared up and then yeah. it comes back in. That's got to be a very stark contrast to being in Arizona and <laughs> lots of yeah. clear skies where you can see forever. Um, and then having that experience where you're guiding up in Alaska as well. Yeah, it's, it is, it is a very stark contrast. We go from, you know, sunshine every day to just dealing with crazy, crazy weather elements up in Alaska and it really becomes anytime you're hunting or guiding in Alaska, it really, 
it does become a mindset thing and um, just understanding when your window of opportunity is and when it's not. And, you know, we had situations this year where I let my bow hunters know, especially bow hunting, because it's very hard to bow hunt and it's very hard to bow hunt in really bad weather. So, you know, I always have my clients kind of give them the weather report a couple of days ahead. And, you know, it happened this year where I just, we, we've been seeing a few good bears on this beach on particularly with, uh, my bow hunter and, you know, he was passing on him and passing on him and I was totally in agreement with him. And then I let him know, I said, Hey, you know, we, I think we're going to be weathered in for about four days. I don't want to scare you and we'll grind it out, but we may be here for a while. So I just want you to know that. And it didn't take long for him to make a decision and realize that, you know what, some of these bears that I'm passing up the next good opportunity, the next window of opportunity I have, I'm going to take it. And that's what we did, and, and he shot a really nice bear, and he doesn't regret it because the, we barely got out in the little Super Cub, uh, and the rest of the guys in camp were weathered in for like four days. So, um, you know, that, that window of opportunity in Alaska hunting is a lot different from hunting in Arizona, you know, and, and it just it, it gives you some perspective on how good we have it here. You know, we don't get snows and stuff like they do in even high country mule deer hunts in September. You know, I've been blizzarded in on you know hunting region g in wyoming and stuff and it's like dude it's september like it's september one or you know yeah. so well let's it's talk a, about arizona and when you yeah. got back um all how everything had greened up um what are the conditions like out there oh man it is just it is out of control the growth i've never seen the growth so abundant uh especially in southern arizona uh southern arizona honestly i think it got uh, rain every single afternoon for like three months. Um, but some of the plants and trees are well above head height where normally they would be like at your shins. So as you know, more water creates more room for deer to spread out and create some space and not every deer and, and lion is huddled up at one water hole. So the hunting conditions definitely changed from last year because last year we had a stark opposite situation in that there was very little water and all the animals were kind of condensed around the same water holes and so yeah it's it's creating a a, a very fun challenging uh season for us because we know the bucks are big because they got enough growth and feed now we just got to find them so so the um you've already been on some October hunts and I believe yeah. um, you're headed here uh, here in a day or two for uh, the November coos deer hunts yeah. uh, kicking off. How was the October season? How was the deer movement? Um, you mentioned the deer were spread out. Talk a little bit about the, the conditions in October. Yeah. So the first October hunt we actually had um, from a wind standpoint, it was great. We didn't have very many high winds. The moon was pretty full, as it usually is in that first October hunt, which did make things a little bit tricky. Deer movement was very, um, it was definitely different. Uh, I would say that most of the coos deer were up very early and very late, and then spotty in the middle of the day. They were just kind of up and moving. But we had a really good camp. Everybody shot coos bucks. We had actually three hunters that were first-time deer hunters, shoot coos deer, which is such a cool thing to have and be a part of. Um, and most, I think all of the guys were over 50 years old. So it was really cool, um, to see that. And we had, uh, 
a couple misses on some really nice deer as you know how that goes i mean that's that's uh just hunting and it's it's you know that's just the way it works when you're trying to shoot an animal that's very very small and usually pretty far away um but how, how would you say antler growth is did you see enough quality deer to make a judgment on is it average is it above average what do you think yeah so i can't make a 100 percent decision right now jay i need to see a few more deer but i would say it's above average for sure i would say that um the deer that we saw that were like in that 70 inch category last year were in that 80 inch category the deer that should be over 100 that that were kind of like floating in the high 90s last year are definitely over 100 this year so again i i'd like to look at a, a few hundred more deer just to make that determination but i would say Overall, it's a, 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 an above average antler growth year for sure. Okay, with this um, season kicking off this weekend, I believe Friday starts the hunt. Yeah. The new moon is on Thursday. So yes. You, so you have the total opposite where now you have a situation where it's dark moon conditions. Yes. Talk about your expectations as far as um, uh, deer moving. What times of the day do you think uh, they will be moving and, and such with that new moon? Yeah, so part of the, the, the moon and with all this growth, Jay, is that there is water everywhere. And that also means there's also shade everywhere. Um, I was noticing a lot more deer on areas that would, most of the time would not have the cover and we wouldn't focus on. But now there is cover and the, the mesquite trees have grown over or the Palo Verdes. And so the deer in a lot, more areas that are south facing or west facing uh more so than normal and so that does kind of make it a little bit interesting i think we're going to have very good morning movement um with the no moon and very good middle of the day movement because coos they don't like it all the way dark as as you know and as you know a couple of the guys that have been on your show the coos like to rely on their senses they like to rely on their sight and their ears and their nose and when they go into water and they go feed, they, they would rather do it in, in the daytime where they can see and hear and smell. So I think we're going to get really good movement during the day, all throughout the day. And I think it's going to be uh, pretty good as far as temperatures. I think the temperatures are going to be pretty level. I think they're going to be in the, in the low 40s in the mornings in certain areas that kind of we're hunting. In some areas, it's going to be in the 30s. And it's not going to get too hot and it's going to be pretty stable. So, um, one factor I really focus on too is the wind, you know, that really determines kind of where we go. Most of our mornings is where the wind is blowing or how hard it's blowing. So that obviously determines our day to day, but you know, the forecast right now, Jay, I, I expect uh, hunters that are starting this Friday to see a lot of deer movement and to get their eyes on some really good coos bucks. You talk about wind. I'm going to ask you a question. If, mm -hmm. if you see wind blowing out of a certain direction, does that make you want to glass in a particular area or a, a particular direction a, as well? Yeah, 100%. So Tell me that. Typically, it's kind of like the sun. So anywhere, anytime you set up to glass for coos, you should be glassing into the sun and into the wind. And sometimes they are at the same time. But so when you're glassing into the sun, that typically means you're glassing the shadier sides of a mountain, um, you know, like that northeastern face or that true north face. Um, and same with the wind. If the wind kicks up and starts blowing, if you're, if you're being comfortable and you're getting out of the wind and you're glassing into the wind, 
you're probably not glassing in the right direction. You want to be glassing into the wind because deer are going to be rolling over into the mountainsides and ridges that you're going to be glassing on and getting into that nice calm or, or lower into some of those arroyos and some of those uh, river bottom type areas and getting out of the wind. So Makes that's sense. it definitely plays a huge factor in how I set up and how uh, we set up in the morning is because some spots are really good for windy days. You know, there's just little tight little spots that deer like to huddle up in and bucks like to get to and other spots, you know, you kind of got to, you got to switch up. If you're going one area, you know, that whole North face is going to get blown. Then you got to switch it up and go to, you know, go somewhere else that, that the wind is a little bit more favorable. One last thing here um, with these hunts. So that most of these units have already had a, you know, whole slug of hunters come through on the October hunts. Yeah. Is there anything that you change going into this second hunt as far as, you know, ridges and, and terrain and mountains that you might pick to hunt? Is there anything that you would do differently than say you or, or place you would go? Would you go deeper or, you know, is there a different type of ridge or something that you're looking for? Yeah, so here's a little, uh, like, for guys that are starting hunting this weekend, here's something to keep in mind, especially in the, in the lower part of the state. So we had an October coos hunt, and then we just had a mule deer hunt in, in most of the southern part of the state. And that's actually what I pay attention to more, because these mule deer guys actually help us coos hunters, because they, they usually push all of the coos deer out of the lower stuff and back up into the hills. So it really becomes better hunting because the mule deer hunters uh, kind of condense, even the mule deer too, the mule deer get up into the hills too, where the coos deer are. It condenses a lot of the deer up into the higher elevations. And for the most part, I would say the bigger bucks, the more mature bucks are going to be in some of those harder to reach areas, not off the side of a road, you know, in some, you got to kind of be creative to, to hunt those hundred plus inch deer. But I would say, uh, the the two hunts that have happened prior will only help and condense the bucks into um their normal habitual areas during hunting season which is you know holes and and ridges i would say focused on areas where you can't glass giant faces i would get into the get into some of those tighter areas where it's just 500 yards across the canyon where these bucks where if you pop up the buck's going to hear you and he likes to be in that spot because he can hear noisy hunters coming in and talking and and bumping him out he'll just sneak out so be careful but that's my advice is to get into some of those smaller areas where the bucks have been pushed into by mule deer hunters and other coos deer hunters and uh and be aware be ready as a guide um that's one thing i always cringe tell tell the listeners how far coos deer can hear a human voice in, oh. your, in your opinion it's mind-blowing oh. isn't it? it it is absolutely amazing and and um you know what the thing about coos deer is that what people don't realize, a lot of hunters is, is just because they hear you doesn't mean they're going to run. Right. Doesn't mean they're going to flag and let you know. You, you might never even know that you just made a giant buck bed down 250 yards in front of you behind a mesquite tree. You'll never even see him. So you ne you'll never even know that you made a mistake by being too loud and, and, and coming up over a ridge too fast without properly glassing it and not creating that profile. So cruiser can hear forever they can hear them from like in some cases depending on the wind and the terrain they can hear you from a mile away and so it's just really important to understand that 
um, they're not like a mule deer or a doe where, you know, you, you may come up over a canyon, you'll see the doe flagging with her little fawn. Well, Buck's probably not going to do that. He's smarter than that. He, he know he is not going to let you get a shot. He might just sneak behind and drop into that wash. Meanwhile, there's a doe flagging. You're like, Oh man, we've just bumped a doe. You know, you're, you've got your attention on the, on some other deer while he's just sneaking out real sly. So that's, that's my, you know, my take on it. You gotta be so quiet and just with these bigger bucks, they really are, um, you're stepping into their bedroom and they know every step you take and, and they, you just, you really have to outsmart them every single time. With the grass being so tall, so you've got situation where a lot of our grasses out there are very tall. Is there a certain angle at which, um, I, I like looking down rather than looking up. I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on when the grass is tall, uh, an angle that you like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I prefer kind of looking on that downward side, you know, um, really a lot of it, Jay depends on how the sun is hitting a certain ridge. Um, because if, if the sun's giving it that good light, it's really catching antler glare. Um, there's a lot of times that we find bucks in this high grass type seasons where we're looking for how that sun is hitting it in a way that we can see antler glare and, and look at it. But yeah, I like looking down and kind of a lot to the side uh, of some of these grassy, big grassy hillsides because they can't hide as good. They, they, a lot of times when you're looking down on it, they do give away their profile a little bit better and you've got a little bit more of a bird's eye view on them. Or as you're looking up, you're, you're really, uh, trying to deal with some of the topography, the, you know, a little tiny hill on the mountain will cover them up completely. And some of those little cuts and little, little grooves, uh, they can just hide behind forever and you won't see them if you're looking up at them. Right on, man. Are you still doing the drop camps where you got you take people in on horses and mules and stuff? Yeah, yeah, we're doing that. We're 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 setting guys up in in uh, in wall tents and stuff, and just putting them in some really good areas where you know we say, hey, we give them a, a scouting plan and and cutting them loose. And you know, a lot of times uh, guys will say, you know, I want to go back in wilderness areas and and go back back in. So that's that's really what we're trying to get guys that are that are hardcore hunters that are are capable of being safe and making good decisions in the wilderness by themselves or with a buddy and and really giving them the best chance of success without necessarily having a guide or somebody you know telling them where to go specifically every morning but just giving them a good place to start and letting them have the full coos experience with a little help on the side you know if they need help packing out a deer or if they have a flat tire we're just a, a phone call away but yeah it's it's been a good season so far for our drop camp hunters too Awesome, man. Well, I know you're busy today. I appreciate you spending some time. I want to give you a chance, and I'll also link it up in the show notes uh, how guys can reach out to you for a guided hunt either in Alaska or Arizona. Yeah, you can just go to my website, ArizonaTrophyOutfitters.com or DropCampHunts.com, and, and whatever you're interested in, just hit me up. My Alaska hunts, um, you can hit me up on either one of those two. They're more of an availability type situation. You know, we're booking a couple years out for some grizzly bear hunts and doll sheep hunts and moose hunts. So um, it's good to just give me a call. I know some guys are very interested in drop camp moose hunts and DIY moose and caribou. So um, yeah, feel free anytime. Give me a call or shoot me an email and uh, be easy on me because I'm driving in and out of service during hunting season, but I will get back to you guys whenever I can. So that's the best place. Awesome, man. Have a great hunt this weekend. Thanks for coming on and sharing with us.
Hey, thanks, Jay. I really appreciate it. And good luck to all the hunters out there. Shoot straight. Take care, buddy. Take care. See ya.